This podcast contains content intended for a mature audience and is recommended for ages 18 or older. Please be aware that the content may include subjects involving sex, drugs, violence, and topics that may be sensitive to some listeners. There will also be spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok for podcast updates and upcoming episode announcements. Due to the length of this book, we will split the book we cover today into two episodes. This one being part one, Smut Love. On today's episode of Smut Decoded, we discuss the book, The Words by Ashley Jade, narrated by Teddy Hamilton and Aaron Mallon. Good girl Lennon and bad boy Phoenix become unlikely allies until he completely crushes her heart. Years later, fate brings them back together for what might be their second chance, if they can overcome their past. The Words is an intense enemies-to-lovers rock star romance that completely rocked our world. Welcome to Smut Decoded. It's your favorite smut lovers. Hey, guys, it's Natalia. Hey, y'all, it's Quinn. This book seriously caused so many emotions for both of us. Lots of trauma. I can speak for the both of us saying that we really related to Lennon, the female main character, mm. in a lot of ways. Me and Quinn both agree that we could never date a rock star. Absolutely not. Too much stress. Way too much stress. <laughs> so we felt a lot when we were reading this book. Ashley Jade did an amazing job with the characters and making them so relatable. It's really hard to relate to characters as much, I feel like, as we did for this book. Oh, yeah. Lennon, for sure, we talk about in Does It Hurt, how much we both appreciated Sawyer. Lennon is probably the female main character who I think was the most like me, Yep. other than the fact that I didn't date a rock star. <laughs> yeah. It was more realistic. This book was very raw. It yes. Was, I mean, I, I had a book hangover after. I did, that. too. I had to do three cleanser books in a row to recover from this book. It was well, a lot. It, it took me a while to actually get through it because I had to take breaks. It was phenomenal. I had to take little breaks because the emotions it brought out was just really tough. Oh, I laughed. I cried. I laughed out loud at some sections. I'm driving to dance competitions. It's an hour each way. I'm crying. Both of my daughters are like, what is happening? I'm like, it's my book. I can't. It was just, I can't wait to see more from Ashley Jade. There are several books from her that I eventually want to get to, but this was freaking phenomenal. I loved it so much. And this was my first Teddy Hamilton and my first Aaron Mallon book. Really? Yeah. Talk about a complete mindfuck. They are some of the best narrators ever. Oh, yeah. Teddy has always been one of my favorites. I remember you saying he was your favorite a while back, and I was sitting here like, mm-hmm. I can't do audiobooks. What the fuck was I thinking? Yeah, tripping. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Erin Mallon did so good with Lennon. She did. She did. From the beginning, Lennon explains 
that she's a senior in high school. Our dad is a freelance songwriter. She is a size 18. She's 5'1 and 230 pounds. You don't get descriptions like that. Usually it's curvy or has a nice shape or things like that. You don't get the raw detail of the size, the height, and the weight. Yeah. Right there, I was like, okay, this is going to be a rough one. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be rough. I guess I'll just go ahead and say it. Just jump in because I was going to if you don't. Quinn and I are both bariatric patients. Yes. In September of 21, I had weight loss surgery. And then I was five, four and a half and 240 pounds. Oh, I'm getting emotional already. (laughs) It was October of 21. Mm -hmm. And Quinn, I'm Five, four, 280 pounds. Yep. So we relate. Yeah. Lennon talks about how she's an emotional eater. Food is how she copes. Why can't I relate to that? Because you know what? My emotional food was Popeye's. My emotional food was basically anything. Popeye's was like one of my number one stress foods. The spicy chicken strips. I really hope we get to meet Ashley Jade. I know she's going to some conventions in the next year. I want to hug her. I want to tell her how brilliant she is. When she describes Lennon's binging, I didn't realize this till much later in life, but I struggled from food addiction. You mentioned Popeye's. There is food addiction, but then when we eat sugar, you're getting a double hit because you're Mm -hmm. getting a high from the food, but then you're also getting a high from the sugar. I'm not saying people can't lose weight without weight loss surgery, but I know for me personally, I had tried nearly everything. It was a 20-year journey. Yeah, I even met with a doctor before meeting with my bariatric doctor. Being in Lennon's head in the first couple of chapters, there's already schoolmates making fun of her, calling her a cow, saying her clothes shrunk. You and I lived that. As she gets to school, it was Sabrina and her boyfriend. He says, did your clothes shrink or did you just get fatter? That right there was like, and the second time I read it, or the second time I listened to it, I was like, wow. Yeah. What a dick. What I love about Lennon is that she didn't cry or cower. She went back at him. She defended herself. That was one of the first times she brought up Phoenix because Sabrina had actually been fucking Phoenix in the parking lot at prom. Yeah, she was cheating. So Lennon was like, oh, I see you guys are back together. Oh, the happy true love. Right. It really does exist. (laughs) But I'm like, where is Phoenix? And does he have a magical dick or something? Because damn, fucking in the prom parking lot. I'm here for that. Right. Speaking of Phoenix, Phoenix is the school bad boy. He only has really one friend. He doesn't talk to people. They don't actually know each other personally at all. No, they don't. And Lennon has always had a draw to him. She says he's beautiful. You had said the other day. She describes him like the sun. The sun. Everyone just gravitates around him and is drawn into his orbit. She's at school that day. Yeah, like a month from graduating. Her English teacher pulls her aside and is like, hey, I have this kid who's failing and it'll be more beneficial if he passed instead of failed. Would you tutor him? 
she agrees and she realizes Phoenix Walker. She's like, oh shit. Oh shit, shit. <laughs> And so that afternoon, she's waiting for him in the class so they can like get a schedule going. What I love about this part is she's waiting forever. Then she starts to relax and she starts humming and then she starts singing to herself. I feel like somebody would probably catch me talking to myself. (laughs) (laughs) He's actually standing in the door and he does the first time he hears her sing. He says something like, don't stop on my account. He describes it as, it almost sounds like her voice is going to give up, but it doesn't. And he even says it makes his dick hard. I was like, man after my own fucking heart. (laughs) He's hesitant at first. He is. He doesn't really want her help. Like you said, they don't really know each other. In his internal dialogue, he talks about how everyone just rags on this girl. Yeah, He observes that she really doesn't talk to anybody. She doesn't really have a lot of friends. So when they're trying to figure out the schedule, she's like, oh, I'm free on nights and weekends. And then she's like, shit. Fuck. I sound like a loser. (laughs) She actually tries to get him to read something and he's like, fuck this. That's when she hears him sing for the first time. Mm. She was mesmerized too. Because he actually starts singing the song that she was singing in the classroom. She was like, wow, you're fucking talented. This kind of gets into where they start tutoring. They start their tutoring sessions at Storm's house. I felt for Phoenix at this point. Because Lennon realizes that he's dyslexic. Phoenix just thinks he's stupid. This really hit home for me because my oldest is dyslexic. I really related to him how it's very easy for someone with a learning disability, their confidence. They feel like once they struggle with it and they can't do it, they want to give up. That's another thing where Ashley Jade really made the character so damn relatable. She fucking nailed it. Yeah. I see it in my son every day with homework. If he feels like he can't do it, he's ready to give up. Their confidence just plummets really easy. He was embarrassed. She was like, how did you get by? And he did audiobooks. Sometimes he got Storm, his best friend, to read to him. I thought that was adorable. He would sit by people depending on the answers. Yeah, he would Mm -hmm. cheat. What was so interesting to me is that we learned that him and Storm are in a band. Phoenix doesn't read music. No, he is one of those very talented people who can listen to it and learn it right then and there. Lennon says, Phoenix, you're not stupid. You're actually mm-hmm. pretty brilliant. Let me figure out a way to help you. He even mentions to her a few times, he's like, I've seen you staring at me. I know <laughs> that you were, remember that? He was like, yeah. I know you were watching me. Don't let your little crush get in the way of what we're trying to do here. He literally went out of his way to be like, okay, I'm going to push you back. After he had already in his brain been like, her voice just goes straight to dick. Yeah. He's like, she might be overweight. People might tease her, but he's like, she's not ugly. No. She's actually a really kick-ass person. She loved the same music as him. She was very interested in him as a human. At this point, he never really had that connection with anyone. We don't know at this point at the book too much about his home life just yet. We know he crashes at storms. We know that the English teacher mentioned a rough home life, but Lennon doesn't know the full story yet. 
she does know that he lives in the trailer park on the other side of town. Mm-hmm. Now, Phoenix does in his inner dialogue, he's like, oh, Lennon, she's lived a posh life on the right side of the tracks. Her dad's a songwriter. She's never had a hard life. He even tells her that she's spoiled and, oh, you just have your parents love you. She was like, yeah, my dad loves me. She was like, but my mom is dead. I think at that point, Phoenix was like, oh, shit. They started to become close. Phoenix, you can tell he was starting to see a different side of Lennon because she got him a ruler, a reading ruler. She got him a reading pen. He's never had, like you said, someone do all that for him. He was really taken back. He realized that he judged Lennon too quickly. Phoenix... His mom left him at a young age. She's never looked back. His dad is just a drunk and abusive. At one point, he wakes up because he, he feels this pain in his side, and his dad was beating him with a bat. That broke my fucking heart. He thinks that she has this perfect life, but she really doesn't. She struggles. Her mom died during childbirth. They start building this relationship. Lennon starts to see him as a friend. Then we get to this chapter where Phoenix is in the band room and he's fucking banging Sabrina. Right? I hated this chapter so much. Oh, I was God. so annoyed. I was so pissed. He's banging Sabrina. She tries to kiss him and he refuses to kiss her. They finish having sex. He throws the condom on the floor and guess who walks in? Fucking Lennon. Lennon. She's pissed. I would be too. And so first thing he says is, I didn't fuck her. Then Lennon looks down on the floor and sees the used condom and he's like, Okay, maybe I did. <laughs> then he's like, we agreed you wouldn't let your little crush get in the way. She's like, it's not about my fucking crush. I was like, you go, girl. She's like, I thought we were friends. And friends don't fuck people who bully their friend. That's right. That was a slap in the face. That was a little wake-up call for Phoenix. He was like, shit, she's fucking right. And then he stopped fucking her. He cut Sabrina off. And I thought that said a lot about Phoenix's character and how he cared about Lennon. He did. And he specifically said he was like, I'm not going to, I won't fuck her again. He made it very clear point to tell her that he wasn't going to do that again. As the relationship is building, Phoenix mentions he's, once he's done, once he graduates, him and Storm are going to LA to try and make it big. He has the past. That's what his main thing was. He has the past. Lennon talked to their teacher so he could take his exam by himself with his reading pen and she agreed when he came down to taking his exam she waited for him he came out and said he passed and he kissed her which kind of surprised me a little bit at the time it was very out of nowhere he was like i got an 81 she went to go hug him he pinned her up against the wall and just planted one on her that that was i loved that <laughs> and that was her first kiss right it, it was her first real one because she had alluded to something that had happened before but it wasn't a real kiss this occurred after she had overheard him telling storm at one point look i know i keep bringing her around I know she keeps coming to all of our practices. No, she's not my type because Storm and Phoenix would practice first. Phoenix was very adamant about his music. 
they really wanted the music to be the focal point because that was their ticket out of town. Once they finished with practice, that's when Lennon and Phoenix would actually do the tutoring. She was a little confused. She enjoyed the kiss, but literally overhearing him say to Storm, no, I'm not. I'm not into her. She's not my type. And the very next day kissing her was a mind fuck for Lennon. After the kiss, and this Phoenix pissed me off. He blatantly ignores Lennon. She got him the ticket to graduating, basically. Phoenix is intelligent. He did the work. She helped him. She got him there. And after he kisses her, he ignores her texts. Mm -hmm. They graduate. For several days. Yes. They graduate. They're getting ready for this party. Lennon did her hair. She had a beautiful dress. She was hoping Phoenix was going to be at this party. We then jump to a Phoenix chapter. You mentioned his dad was beating him with a bat. That's how he got woken up. Storm calls his ass and says, dude, I got your girl here. Phoenix is like, what the fuck? Like he just woke up from getting the shit beat out of him. He finds his phone. Storm is like, yeah, man, like Sabrina and everyone poured pig slop on her. Oh my God. That was so mean. Could you imagine? Just hold on a second. Let's do a sidebar moment. (laughs) (laughs) Just hold on. Did you you know what I would have done? I want to know if you beat some ass. I would have beat some goddamn ass. Did you have an after prom for your senior prom or graduation? After party? Yes. Yeah. Okay. We didn't have one for graduation because once I graduated, I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. So for graduation, we had this thing called project graduation. They did it to where we were locked in the civic center all night and they have these big blow up games, like all this. So they keep us from drinking and dying, basically. (laughs) We had that after prom. So we, oh, had no, we had a lock-in. We <laughs> <laughs> All the cool kids went to after prom. No, I'm kidding. I was not cool. But could you imagine going to a party? You're done. You're like, you know what? I'm going to dress up. I'm going to look my best. I'm going to go have a good-ass time. And then the bitch of the school pours pig slap on you. I would have been completely devastated. Oh, yeah. Mortified. Oh, and she was God. because Phoenix hurries up and meets Storm to get Lennon. She was quiet and just staring out the window the whole time, like just basically not there. She didn't want to go home. She was worried that her dad would go ballistic. Her dad really wasn't aware of how the other kids treated her or what her situation was that she faced at school every day. She was a straight-A student. She was one spot away from valedictorian. Some asshole beat her out she on was, a test. She was going to Dart, Dartmouth? Yeah, Dartmouth. Dartmouth, yeah. Dartmouth. We're from the sticks. We can't pronounce those Ivy League schools, okay? We're, what the fuck is the sticks? Are you kidding? The country? Um, the sticks? You've never heard of that? Um, that must be a Midwest thing. Actually, I have. I wasn't sure what it was. I mean, we, we say things like, BFE, Podunk. We say BFE, but we also say uh, the sticks. The fucking middle of nowhere. <laughs> I grew up smelling cow shit every day driving oh. down the highway to get to my house. 
I never had a neighbor till I was 21 years old. Oh my God. I swear to God. I never had a neighbor till I was 21 years old. So sad. (laughs) Quinn is snorting. I apologize. Okay. Phoenix goes to show up. He drives to the party. He takes Lennon. Obviously, he can't take Lennon to his house because, hello, his dad was just beating the shit out of him. He can't take Lennon home. So he takes her to Storms. Can I yes. sidebar? Do you already have another sidebar? I, I haven't had any sidebars. <laughs> no, I've had two. Well, you talked about the bariatric surgery. It's fine. Go. Go, go, go. That was like a serious thing. It was a serious thing. I love Storm. Me too. He didn't treat Lennon like she was a loser. He was very sweet towards her from the beginning. I love the fact that he saved her at that party. He Me told too. Phoenix, he was like, yeah, dude, just go to my house. They get to Graham's. She takes a shower. He finds something for her to wear. He sidebar. To- sidebar. Right. It's a Papa Roach t-shirt. I love Papa Roach. It's so <laughs> Remember that because it comes back later. <laughs> yes. She's like, I want to get drunk. I don't want to go home right now. So they started drinking, and then she's like, hey, you want to play a drinking game? Oh, and yeah. he's like, no. <laughs> she's like, yes. They start with never have I ever. And the shit they say to each other is. <laughs> it's funny because he knows she's never done some of these things. Yeah. At one point, he even says, like, never have I ever fucked another guy. And she drinks. Oh, and she says, never have I ever uh she had an orgy or had an orgy. <laughs> She's come up with all the, or ha, never have I ever been arrested. He's like, never have I ever had pics thrown on me. <laughs> I was like, and damn Phoenix, that was really well, soon. Yeah. She said, she was like too soon, too soon. Then they start doing truth or dare. Oh yeah. That was very, oh yeah. That was very <laughs> deep of you. <laughs> Passionate. She ends up seeing where he lives. She dares him to show her where he lives. He drives her out there. When they get out there, he at one point goes, I dare you to give me a blowjob. He's like, oh, wait, just kidding. And she's and like, she's no, like do it. yeah, she's like, no, 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 please. <laughs> so she does. And his dad comes up to the fucking car. Hold on. What? Can I, can I sidebar? Well, I was very proud. What? I was proud of Lennon. I was too, but can can we just take a second? Do you remember your first blowjob? Yeah, I was fucking scared. Me too. I'm like, what is this thing? I gotta put my mouth on that. It was just not as hot as this was. So can I just can I say something? This might be TMI. But since we're on the subject, I'm gonna just get it out there. (laughs) The first peen that I put it in my mouth. This is going to be TMI. I'm going to cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> is Was my boyfriend who took my virginity and he was nine and a half inches. It was the scariest thing in my life. I was like, there's no way they make them this big. Well, yeah, they do because Enzo punctured Sawyer's lung, right? Yeah. <laughs> Scary shit. I don't think I, I did it again after that. It was too fucking scary. <laughs> <laughs> What I loved about this part, and God bless Teddy Hamilton, I'm getting deep again. Teddy, when he was 
doing Phoenix's point of view. Phoenix was like, what Lennon lacked in experience, she made up for in pure enthusiasm. I'm like, can we have a class? (laughs) Sign me up. Sign me the fuck up. How to give blowjobs by Lennon. (laughs) Instructed by Teddy Hamilton. (laughs) His dad interrupts. By the way, Phoenix did not come. He was right about to come before his dad knocked on the window. Yeah. His dad knocked on the window and literally said, I'm going to fucking kill you. Like he threatened Phoenix. Lennon was like, oh my God, this is what he deals with. It broke her heart to hear that and to see it. She didn't want him to go back after that. You had brought this up at one point. She didn't realize the magnitude of, of, you know, she sees the bruises on his abdomen eventually. Then she makes the connection like, holy shit, his dad's been beating the fuck out of him. His dad just threatened to kill him. So she's like, you can stay at my house. My dad's not going to like it, but you need somewhere to go. Phoenix is like, no, I, I stay at storms when things get really bad. They're in front of Lennon's house and they start to have a conversation because clearly there's a connection there. Right. They have a lot in common. Lennon says, if we both weren't leaving in 11 days, would you pursue me? And that's that's really scary. I don't think I ever asked that question in high school. I, I was a size 18 my senior year. I don't think I ever asked a guy that. Lennon was brave. Yeah. Like she had lady balls. Big lady balls. Oh, and Huge. I loved it. Like, can I borrow some? <laughs> You don't need lady balls, ma'am. No, I, <laughs> I probably need to dial down on my lady balls. Does anybody need lady balls? I have some to spare. She gives him another blowjob. She finishes it. She leans in to kiss him because they have kissed at this point already. Right. He says, hang on, I don't kiss hookups because it complicates things. But then he leans in and gives her a peck on the lips anyway. From that moment, they basically decide that they have 11 days to enjoy each other for what it is until him and Storm go to L.A. and she goes to Dartmouth. She starts spending a lot of time in their practices, too. More so than before, because now they're not taking time away from tutoring. They're getting ready to perform at Voodoo before they leave for L.A. There's one particular practice where the weather gets bad. The lights keep going out and Storm's like, fuck it. I'm going to get my D sucked <laughs> later. I'm going to go get the fuck on. Yeah. She ends up on the piano. She's playing her song that she wrote that she had played for him at one tutoring session before. And he ends up fondling her. Pleasuring her. Fingering her. Kissing fondling. her. That's a very terrible word (laughs) you don't like my use of the word fondling i'm like that's gross like why did i say that (laughs) so right he ends up fingering her that's gross too you have to take all this out he touches her he touches her and he's like keep playing keep singing she gets to the point she's like i can't this is not gonna work (laughs) i keep keep going and lights end up completely going out That's when they really start to get into it. He's like, look, are you sure you did this before? She's like, yes. Because in her inner dialogue, she's like, I'm not about to pass up this opportunity. No. 
It's and, fucking Phoenix you know, she, Walker. I wouldn't right. pass that up either. She has her shirt on. She's like, as long as the lights stay out and my shirt's on, he can't really see my entire body. Now, right there, I had that mindset too. Oh, like absolutely. Yeah. I lost my virginity in the back of a car. Me too. It was terrible. In a park, like parking lot. Literally took like 30 minutes for him to get it in. By that time, I was like, I don't want <laughs> do it anymore. <laughs> it was so bad. You want to know what I said? My inner dialogue was, if this is what sex is like, I'm never having sex again. <laughs> <laughs> if this is what everyone's freaking out about, I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. This is uh, this is the end game for me. So That's so funny. They're on the futon in the garage. He ends up putting it in. She's like, it's fucking painful. Oh yeah. Well, and he's really large. Yes. They talk multiple times throughout the book how he is so big that he has to kind of work it in there. She does eventually take all of it, but he really has to kind of work to get and in she there. Also worry because when Lennon really got deep in her feelings about her weight and everything, one one of her coping mechanisms besides food was writing on herself with a permanent marker. She would write things like fat, cow. She would do it on her abdomen. And she was also worried about him seeing that. So that's why she was like, I'm glad the lights are staying off and my shirt's on. But lo and behold, when this is going on, the lights come back on and Storm comes back in. And he's like, He just oh. walks right in. Yeah. He just walks right in. He's like, oh, my bad. <laughs> At that point, Phoenix just pulls out, gets up, puts his pants back on. He's like, I'm bringing you home. She's like, what the fuck? But she doesn't realize when she gets up and she's trying to discreetly put her pants back on so he can't see her. She right. sees the blood on the futon and she's like, fuck. It wasn't a small amount. I no. mean, it made it seem like it was like a, a fucking bloodbath, to be honest. Which I'm kind of like, what happened there? I guess she never broke her hymen riding a bike as a kid or something. Yeah, maybe not. Join the club, Lennon. Really? They, you didn't? What? You bled your first time? Oh, I don't know. I just meant like a lot of us broke it as a child, like riding yeah. a bike or falling or when we would jump off swings and shit, you hit the ground on your ass. Yeah. There's a lot of ways kids could break it. You wear tampons. Right. They fight, but then he drives her home. He kisses her. Then the very famous line that we'll come back to later, he looks at her and says, I'm pursuing this. And they about to fuck again. They were about to fuck again. And her dad knocks on the window. Yes. <laughs> Mortified. At one point in the beginning when she's bargaining with her dad about these late night tutor sessions, she tells her dad that he's gay. Oh, yeah. At this point, he's like, I thought he was gay. Not she anymore. Was, yeah. <laughs> she says, not anymore. I thought that was really funny. It was funny. So, yeah. So he decides he's, he's pursuing it. This is when things really fucking unfold. Can I tell what? you something? What? We were driving to dance. I listened to a lot of this in the car with my headbuds in. The next scene that happens that we're going to talk about, do you ever have such a body reaction to some of these 
scenes in these books where like my mouth started watering, I legitimately felt like I was going to be sick. No, I had my stomach, like my heart went into my asshole. (laughs) Like my stomach was in knots. I was upset. I'm going to let you take the reins for this because I don't like talking about this part. Okay. I'm going to set the tone. After Lennon and her dad get into it, Phoenix leaves. He says, hey, I'm going to leave your name at the front desk of the wherever Voodoo is. Lennon and her dad go inside and they have a discussion. For the most part, Lennon tells her dad quite a bit. I would say she tells Mrs. Palma sometimes more. But overall, Lennon and her dad have a decent relationship. They're all each other's had over the years. Lennon's dad really makes it a point to warn her that being this successful writer and writing for these bands and working with rock stars, he's written some really good songs over the years. He's worked with people like Phoenix. He knows exactly the type of, or he thinks he does, he knows exactly the type of person that Phoenix is. And he specifically tells Lennon, he's going to break you. He is going to break your heart. Please be careful. The next day, Phoenix and Storm are prepping backstage at Voodoo. They have covers worked out that showcase their talents. They're very excited about seeing who's going to show up at Voodoo. They find out that this famous record executive named Vic is in the crowd. Phoenix starts panicking because while their covers are very good, they don't have any original songs because Phoenix is fucking dyslexic. He cannot write music. He cannot write his own lyrics. So what does Phoenix do? Phoenix makes a phone call and makes a decision. We don't know what it is just yet, but the chapter ends with a phone call and my stomach, like you said, I was like, fuck, what did that fucker just do? Lennon gets ready. She shows up at the venue. They're about to go on. She maybe had 40-ish minutes to spare. When Lennon gets backstage, Storm is pounding on the door. Like, dude, what are you doing? You've been in there for a while. Like, what the fuck? Lennon's like, oh my gosh, Phoenix is having a meltdown. I'm going to talk him down. He's going to be great. When the door opens, fucking Sabrina is coming out. Phoenix is putting himself back into his jeans. And I almost lost it. I I mean, you look like you're about to cry. (laughs) No, I'm pissed. (laughs) I'm about to cry. I'm fucking pissed. I I hate this part. After he specifically told her, I'm never going to touch Sabrina again. He had just told her the night before, I'm pursuing this. He already had looked up how far the drive was from Dartmouth to L.A. Phoenix made Lennon believe that he genuinely liked her. He was invested. For her to show up to his show and he is fucking Sabrina in one of the back rooms, I was floored. I was so upset. But her reaction was perfect. She didn't start crying and run away. She threw a drink on him and kicked him in the balls. Fuck yeah, she did. Good for you, Lennon. Yeah, I was like, you go, girl. After that, her dad goes and picks her up. Then it it fast forwards three months later. This was another part, just like the beginning, where I really related to Lennon. She got her driver's license. She's in her car and she's at a fast food restaurant getting food. She 
talks about how she's gained a lot of weight. She has not seen or spoken to Phoenix since that night. She describes that she's just been emotional eating for three months. She's leaving the fast food restaurant. She's driving and the radio's on and she's going to change it. But then they say, this is a hot new cover. They've really blown up. Uh, this hot new band, Sharp Objects. And the song starts playing. She almost wrecks. Or she hits the curb and pops her tire or something. I can relate to that. Yeah. I pop a tire every three months. It's her song. Yeah. That he stole the night at Vo- that night at Voodoo. That was his decision. He stole her song. And that's how him and his band made it. That's yes. how he got founded. This is not 100% confirmed, or maybe it was later on. He called Sabrina there after he made the decision to steal the song. Yes, he did. No, he did. That was It was all part of the plan. Fuck you, Phoenix. So she wouldn't be there to hear the song being played. He had to push her away. Yeah, fuck you, Phoenix. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. Wait. At that point, she's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm done with the emotional eating. I really need to start focusing on myself now. That's when we fast forward four years. Tune in next week to hear what happens between Lennon and Phoenix as we jump four years on The Words by Ashley Jade, part two. Smut love. Join us every Wednesday for a new episode on Smut Decoded. Smut Decoded was created and produced by us, Natalia and Quinn. If you want to chat with us about an episode or send us any book recommendations, join our Smut Decoded discussion group on Facebook. We would love to hear from you.